Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. Glad you could join us for the Big Red Bench. Roy here with you until 7 o'clock tonight. And we have a really busy hour of sport coming your way. Coming up tonight, reaction from the bars. Heartbreak for them up in Cusick Park in Ennis. We'll talk to Bally Giblin after their win today. We'll do previews with Cantark and Kilmurray ahead of their games next weekend. Also on the show tonight, we are talking to Cork City boss Colin Healy about the season just gone and the season to come. We're talking to Billy Dennehy as Kerry FC is launched. We're talking to John Murphy, who got his DP Tour uh, World Tour card last week uh, in Spain. And we're talking to uh, Watergrass Hill AC ahead of the Great Glenville run next coming Sunday. You're listening to The Big Red Band, John Cork's Red FM. As I said, a really packed show has come between now and 7pm. The World Cup has kicked off. Um, I'm really meh, meh about it is the, uh, the only way to describe it. Um, my microphone's gone a bit uh, scratchy here, so I'm just going to play some audio, basically, and uh, swap microphones while we do that. But, yeah, the World Cup starting today. Um, like, it's just, yeah whatever like it's just a, it's a weird one but uh, yeah I'm just going to play a little bit of audio here just so I can swap microphones because this one looks like it's a little bit broken we'll here from uh, Wales boss Rob Page uh, as they prepare to take on the United States tomorrow we could have pushed him maybe but then you know if, if he breaks down he's definitely out then of the, of the tournament let alone the second game so risk and reward yes we, we'd have liked him available for the first game but we're not going to uh, we're not going to push him to the point of, of completely losing him seamless there from the Hagen swapping mics that is a Wales boss Rob Page weird start to the show uh, that's the same top with them uh, without uh, Joe Allen for tomorrow's game but uh, as I was saying World Cup's kicked off uh, Qatar the host losing 2-0 to Ecuador and her Valencia scoring twice uh, to give Ecuador the win over the host there and yeah I can't remember a world I can't ever remember not being excited for a World Cup and today that day arrived and yeah it's just uh, we'll talk about a little bit more uh, later on Aiden did a big uh, World Cup preview on the Big Red Bench yesterday you can catch that on our podcast on redfm.ie we are going to start the show uh, with the Bars though who are beaten today unfortunately in the uh, AIB Munster Club Hurling Championship semi-final losing the Ballet of Clare and Ennis won 12 to 14 points is how that finished the Cork Champions though had to play for 50 minutes with 14 players that's after Conor Cahillan was shown a red card we're going to hear from boss uh, Ger Cunningham now after uh, today's game speaking to uh, Dennis Hurley and uh, the Assembled Media up at Cusick Park in Ennis. The match obviously very disappointing like we came up today to, to get to the Munster Cup final that was our aim we wanted to, to build on what we've done out through the year um, but in, 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 the, in the circumstances of where the game went like to play 40 minutes for 50 minutes I thought you know that showed massive character massive pride um, and I'm so proud of them in the fact of the performance they gave Look, we, we, we thought that sending off was harsh. Um, just talking to Patrick there about it, I just think he, he went to trying to throw the hurry away. It wasn't, it wasn't intentional in any shape or form he was going to throw it at the player's throat. It, you know, he might have looked dangerous, but it wasn't. It was yellow card. And, but look, the lads galvanised. Connor has been massive for us all year, like, you know, and uh, we were kind of hoping that, uh, even, you know, that uh, even to try to do it for him in, in, the, in the second half. But, um, but so proud of the performances in the second half that we dug in there and we took the game to them. And, 
Nearly got there. Do you get an explanation? I know you approached the ref. Dangerous play. Dangerous play. Yeah. Okay. Dangerous play. That's how he just walked past us with dangerous play. Trying to explain that it, it might have looked at it, but it wasn't intentional in any shape or form. Okay. Like as you said, like ferocious fight. And there's a lot of times they really look like you might actually win it, even with the, with the 14 men. Yeah, we kind of have had opportunities. Like we got some great scores, and like I think we just, you know, we took the game to them. We pushed on. Uh, we got some great opportunities. We, we missed a couple then as well, but uh, but again, some heroic defending as well. You know, look, I think look at the performance of Jamie Burns today and Tony Kelly, which is you know unbelievable for 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 for, uh, for the performance that he gave. So I, I'm just so proud of them all. every single one of them all year. Um, you know they've given a magnificent commitment to the bars, uh, and uh, you know the, you can see at the end of the match there the support that uh, the supporters, uh, you know, the ovation they gave them afterwards. What they've done for the bars this year has been fantastic. And just the two midfielders, two teenagers, I thought they were exceptional. They are, they are, they're, they're exceptional players. They, you know, they're 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 really really good players. Uh, they, you know, they've grown up with with, with success from the bars underage, and you know they've this is where they belong, and this is where they feel they can they can play. Uh, but I just not to just pick them up. I thought. I thought so all round, I thought the effort from everybody from 1 to 20 was fantastic. I suppose if, if there was one drawback in the performance, you'd probably have liked to create more goal chances, but 14 against 15, that's always going to be difficult, isn't it? It was going to be difficult, yeah. We know we didn't really create that many goal chances at all because, again, that situation when they have a deep line yeah. centre back, you know, creating the extra man, it's going to be very hard to work it in there at this stage, you know. We got goals all year, you know, we probably didn't threaten 20 goals today. I think that was that was down to the circumstances where the game played out. And, and was that something that you had kind of prepared for? Almost, you know, that might be, you know, a chance you, you, you'd be a man down, like because the players it didn't seem to knock them out of kilter any bit really in, in the first half, and then obviously after half time either. Yeah, yeah, you do it at different times. You different, you know, you practice different scenarios, like you know what I mean. But we certainly hadn't banked on, you know, you know Conor Callan's or vice captain, yeah. one of the most influential players. You know, Connor's does not a dirty stroke, and Connor he plays it hard, plays it tough. He's been magnificent for us all year, and uh, that was a blow. But I think in yeah. fairness to the lads, I think they responded for him as well as everything else. Yeah, and Ben obviously a chance to equalise at the end with the 65. He he was gutted. Everyone was gutted, but it showed the unity like that. Everyone was around him so quickly, and it shouldn't overshadow what was an excellent performance from him. Yeah, yeah, I think you know. Look, that's 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 the joys of being a free taker. You've got to you've got to take the responsibility that goes with it. You know, unfortunately, it wasn't uh, the last one wasn't wasn't to be. It just sailed a bit wide. Uh, but look, hopefully, he learned from it and uh, look the performance, his performance as well as all the rest of them. Uh, and, you know, the bars as a, as a management group and a backroom team so proud of them all yeah and you can reflect on what has been an excellent year and I suppose you know take, take this experience and, and probably channel it you know and improve and, and learn from it and yeah absolutely. Uh, absolutely we never know what's happening next year Dennis we yeah. never know you live in the moment you know we, we, we had a, we've had a great three or four months since the championship started um, you know and, and I'd just like to thank the lads for, for, for what they've done for the bars um, you know they've been absolutely brilliant uh, we'll see where it goes from here, but uh, you know we came up today to do, you know, to do themselves, do the club, do the talk of parish, do corporate and I think they died in the feet today, and I think fair play to them. Yeah, very well said there by Barnes Boster Cunningham after their defeat to Ballier. Heartbreaking stuff, and to play 50 minutes of that game with um, with 14 players and to perform so well in the way that he did, that is a tremendous credit for their performance uh, today. Um, the um, Ballier now will uh, go on into the uh, Munster final after uh, their win uh, 
uh, today. So they will now face Bally Gunner. They defeated the Pearson of Limerick 220 to 215. Bally Giblin, meanwhile, uh, beaten Colligan of Waterford 119 to 10 points today. The Cork side will now face St. Cairns of Limerick in the final in two weeks' time. Let's hear from Bally Giblin boss Ronan Dwan speaking to Aidan. I'm here with Ronan Dwan, Bally Giblin manager. Ronan, congratulations. Back in the Munster final. Your thoughts on an impressive win there? Yeah, look, we're absolutely delighted to be to be back in another Munster final. Look, we were really worried today coming up here. Um, Colligan were an excellent team and, you know, they'd really, really played well in Waterford and I suppose we didn't play that well the last day so look we're just delighted we really focused on getting a, a good start and you know we, we, we settled well into the game and just absolutely delighted enough to be back in the final Yeah once he got that goal there a great goal from Dara Flynn he stuck with us after being blocked down and got it back in his hand and finished well to the net after he got that goal you looked like you were in charge then Yeah it was a great goal from Dara look he's a super player and he's a super finisher and um, he's got great composure and even when he was blocked the first time he still had a presence of mind to, you know, to pick it up again and, 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 and great finish you know so it's a great tonic great start you know to get a goal to, to kick start us in against the wind you know it was, the wind was strong enough so you know we were able to tack on a few points after that so look yeah delighted with the, with, the, with the good start yeah and you used that wind then really well in the second half and you just controlled the game I suppose your experience of being here before and Joseph O'Sullivan put over I think eight from place balls and uh, it just kept that scoreboard ticking over I suppose and you got out of sight eventually in the second half yeah I suppose like um, you know the first six seven eight minutes of the second half you know we put a lot of pressure on their puck outs coming out and we were able to turn it over and Got a few frees and as I said, Joseph got some fantastic points, you know, so look, yeah. He's a great free tacker and you know, you know, just delete with the window. You kinda really you know, you shut down the Colligan attack, they never really got anything going. Obviously Colin Dunford would have been one of their main threats and I think he got a point from play and they moved him out into the middle of the pitch and still, you know, he just didn't get he didn't get on any ball, you didn't let him have a run either, you closed him down any time he did get the ball in hand. Yeah, I suppose look we were able to kinda of leave our six backs kinda of set, you know, at the back and, and you know, when he was over in the middle, look we were kinda of conscious that he could break through, you know, so look, yeah, we defended well and you know, we kinda of held our shape well and you know, as I said, from the pressure coming on from the it was hard to walk out the ball from, from their point of view. I suppose there was only one worry then at the end of the game um, Shane Beston picking up an injury there in the far side do you know at this stage whether it's good or bad or? no no he's fine yeah he's fine yeah so look please God no he, he, yeah, look you'd, you'd hate for any to be injured this time of year but no he's grand suppose one more big day out you're, you're giving the part a great couple of days out over the last couple of years another Munster final and uh, I'm sure you're looking forward to that St Cairns from, from Limerick on the other side yeah absolutely look you know again it's going to be a tough challenge Limerick Hurland's absolutely flying and you know that's going to be a big day out for us you know but look we're delighted to be there absolutely Ronan congratulations and best of luck thanks very much yeah, huge congrats there to Bally Gibbon and today's another Colligan 119 to 10 points was how that finished. Uh, going to stick with Gaelic Games, Cantark facing Rathmore next Saturday. Big, big game for the men from Cantark. Aidan's been speaking to their manager, Podrick Kearns. I'm joined on the line by Cantark manager, Podrick Kearns, ahead of their Munster Club Championship clash against Rathmore in Parky Cueve next weekend. Podrick, I suppose, thanks a million for joining us on the Big Red Bench, first of all. No problem. Just to take you back to, to last weekend's um, to last weekend's impressive 3-11 to 6 points win over Kildai shirt uh, you must have been very pleased at the end of that yeah we were very pleased um, going on to clear at 1 o'clock on the Saturday you know what you're up against but um, yeah we came over thank God we came over grand anyway, and um, no injuries and the goal win 3-11 to 6 points is a goal win yeah. absolutely a bit of a strange uh, stop as well during the game with a helicopter hovering over yeah it was alright yeah. um, we were wondering if we were going to land or not land and we were up a few points and we were if he landed at the NBA bender, we didn't know how it was going, but look, there's a lot more to life than football. There was someone in trouble, and 
extraordinary or they're saying so they're putting things into perspective Absolutely um, and like you said then coming away out of that game with the victory going forward um, I actually didn't realise I only read it there uh, you're, you're going for a bit of history as well um, which is it's a nice I suppose aside to it all you know Munster Intermediate Hurling Championship or Champions five years ago and you've the, the opportunity to become maybe the, the first to, to go on and win a football after doing that as well yeah, we would. That that that's that right. Yeah. Um, look, it's not about it's not about that. It's about um beating Ratmore, getting the job done, getting getting out the gate and driving on. Uh, um, yeah, the Toronto Symphony won there, and and um this year we're in the Munster semi final, and I think it arrived that um it has never been done in Cork before, and or never been done before. Ratmore then obviously you know two All Ireland winners in in Paul Murphy and Shane Ryan. They've also got guys who've who've won basically they've won two championships in the matter of, of a couple of weeks with uh, a lot of the players being involved with East Kerry in the Kerry Senior Championship they'll, they'll be a, a stiff opposition they'll be a very stiff opposition you have to have high level respect for them um, Ken Tucker the underdogs um, Ratmore were up three years ago senior um, they play a high centre of football back there and they're a good club some great players as you said already and they, they won with East Kerry so um yeah, we're just looking forward to the task that's ahead of us. I suppose it's interesting enough as well, Shane Ryan, Kerry goalkeeper, he's actually an outfield player for, uh, for, for Atmore. Yeah, he's an outfield, uh, outfield for Atmore corner forward. Um, he's a good player. They've, they've loads of good players in mind. And Chris Spears, he's he's down from the north. He transferred down from the north. And Paul Murphy and Jermaine fullback, Dan Murphy and all those guys. It should look, um, it's a local derby in a way. We'll say they're all over the road from us. They're on the border. Um, it's Cork really carry and we don't want to leave the side down and try and get a win out of it Absolutely yeah, I imagine the, the likes of Aidan Walsh with their experience that's a huge asset to have in the dressing room Yeah it's a huge huge asset but we've um, good players all over the field um, John McLaughlin Lachlan O'Neill um, Brian Sullivan who plays with Hurling with Cork um, all the Welches um, Dan Brown John Brown and even our goalie he's a young fella but um, he's, he's he was sub goalie with Cork under the 19s last year. Um, he, look, we've, we've got players as well as, as well as the as the data. And then another chance then to run out in Parky Cueve, even though it's it's nearly heading into to putting the Christmas lights up at this stage. But uh, you'll never turn down. You'll never turn down that opportunity to run out in Parky Cueve. I grew up as young for everyone wants to play in Parky Cueve. Um, it's not um, can talk about in there nearly three or four times, two or three times every year. It's just another pitch. It's just another, it's a game that we have to win. The side shows are out the gate um, about the, park, the the pitch. It's just getting on and getting on with our job. Absolutely well. Podrick, from everyone on the bigger bench here, the very best of luck. Thanks, William. Yeah, it's Cantor's Podrick Cairns there as they prepare to face Rath Moore next Saturday. Uh, Kilmurray in action next weekend as well, playing Thurlis Sarsfields in the AB Munster uh, Football Junior Club Championship. Their boss is Cormac Lenehan. I'm joined on the line by Kilmurray Senior Football Manager Cormac Lenehan. Cormac, thanks a million for joining us on the bigger bench. Thanks, Aidan. Um, Cormac, I suppose a, a sweet one in Parky Cueve last week against Cove, a huge day for the club. Yeah, it was a great, it was a great day for the club and for the players and for the parish of Kilmurray, it meant an awful lot to people, I think. We saw it on the week coming up to the game with the support we got from the whole parish. And then it was very evident after the game when on the pitch, celebrating with young and old from the parish, all the players, all their families. It meant an awful lot to an awful lot of people. And it carried on that night and for a few days in Kilmurray. And look, it means an awful lot. It's great to get there. And... It's a testament to a lot of 
like great people, great coaches over the years. We got it done this year, but it's been a work in progress for many years with some great coaches, the likes of Chris Hannon, Sean Murphy, Jason Murphy, to name a few. And um, we got there this year. We got over the line. And as I said, it means an awful lot to the to everybody in Kilmore. Absolutely, no doubt. Um, Liam Hall and, and Padraig uh, Burhanu took the took the headlines. Five points, four from play for Liam and uh, one one. And of course, that all important green flag from Padraig. He must have been very pleased with their performance. Yeah, both Liam and Padraig played very well. And um, they both ended up in the full forward line. Padraig Padraig plays in the full forward line pretty much the whole time. Liam ended up there <clears throat> for a while because he got badly injured in the first half and we decided to give him a go and see how long he'd last and in fairness to him, he, he came through for us and it was a fantastic performance by both of them but they're the finishers but their finishers have to be set up by the rest of their teammates and the rest of the lads but in a fair shift especially in the second half um, to get us over the line. Another big day then next week, Thurlis Sarsfields. Um, you must be very excited, uh, especially coming so soon, like after after that county title win, to keep that buzz going. Yeah, it's great. It's great for the club and for the lads themselves. It's 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 a new chapter. I suppose it's a big honour. We were talking about it there on Wednesday night. We got back training Wednesday night. We spoke about it's a big honour to represent your club in a Munster Championship. And also to be asked to represent Cork, it's a great honour and they understand that. And now it's a matter of them refocusing, coming back down from the celebrations, which is always difficult. And um, their job now is to refocus, get get things right. We have a few knocks, a few niggles, get the fitness right, get the attitude right for a big game next Saturday. Do you think? It's, I suppose it's always uh, interesting going into into the club championship. You know, certain clubs have different expectations. Do you, do you feel a bit of pressure? Do you think maybe it's a bit of a free shot that you can go in with a bit of freedom, or do you have a bit of expectation within the group? Um, we we have no expectation. We 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 spoke about the Munster Championship um, after winning the the Cork Championship. Um, it's it's been. You can call it a cliche, but it's been game by game all year. Our main aim this year was to win the Midcock Championship, which is a very difficult championship to win. It's, it's hotly contested. Then you go about the next competition, you try and win the county, and we won that, and that was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And now the next competition is the Munster, and it's the next competition available. And as I said, it's great to be representing Cork, but Tipperary opposition and Thurlis Sarsfields, they're a fine team. They've Good setup. They have an excellent manager in Peter Creedon. There's some fantastic players, and we don't underestimate them. And we're not taking it as a free shot. Are absolutely no way are we going to exhibit any form of confidence. We respect the competition. We respect the game, and we'll do our very best to give the best performance we can on next Saturday because we'll need everything to get past Tipperary to get to the next round Absolutely well Cormac we wish you from the from everyone here in Red FM we wish you the very best of luck and thanks a million for taking the call Yes and thanks very much take care thank you Yeah it's Cormac Lenhan there of Kilmurray very best of luck to them as they play Thurlis Sarsfield uh, in the AIB Munster GA Football Junior Club Championship um, We're going to talk uh, football now and obviously the World Cup um, 
Centre Stage I did a big preview on the uh, bench yesterday you can catch that on the uh, podcast redfm.ie or you can just download the Big Red Bench from wherever you get your podcast from I got a chance to speak to Cork City boss Colin Healy early on this week just to, to recap I suppose the season that was 2022 and to look ahead to 2023 now obviously this was recorded before Thursday's news about a potential takeover by Dermot Usher. Hopefully going to do a lot more on that on next week's programme. We're hoping to speak to Dermot Usher next weekend and we're going to speak to um, Chairman Declan Carey as well to find out all the details about that proposed takeover that's going to a vote in uh, two weeks' time uh, to Forest members. So big, big news and a big, big decision for Forest members uh, to to make over the next uh, couple of weeks and two weeks' time. In fact, uh, the club could be under new ownership. Um, so hopefully, I'm going to hear from Jeremy uh, Dusher about his plans for the club on next week's show. I'm going to hear from uh, Chairman uh, Declan Kerry as well. But I got a chance to speak to Colin Healy just about, I suppose, the footballing side of things um, that have gone on. And as I mentioned, um, recorded before the news uh, on Thursday. So this is my chat uh, with Boss Colin Healy. All right, joins on the line now by our Cork City boss Colin Healy as uh, celebrations continue with following the first division title success and attention now turns to the Premier Division next season. Colin, how are you, sir? I'm not too bad, and yourself? I'm good. Thanks very much for talking to us today, Colin. I imagine the last couple of weeks has been just, I suppose, a big celebration uh, after a, a long year in the in, in the first division title race. No, it was. Listen, um, we've 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 had a great season. Um, and listen, there was there was huge celebrations um, at the end. Um, listen, everybody enjoyed themselves, you know, and rightly so. They've worked so hard over the year, and um, and it's great. It's great, even you know, to have the nights out and you know the celebrations with all the players and their families. Um, and it's uh, yeah, it was great. It was a great occasion, and it was um, it was it was it was good for the city really to you know to get to get back in the Premier League. Yeah, the entire city, the entire county, Colin, got right behind your team this year, and I felt it made a massive difference. Yeah, no, they did, and you know, it was it was brilliant to see that. You know, the the crowds at Turner's Cross, um, and even even the people even around the place, and you know, when you when you when you stop and talk to them, and you know, everybody's supporting you, and and that's what we needed. You know, um, the players on the pitch they gave everything, um, and I think the fans seen that and they appreciate that. But you know, the crowds that we had for the away games, even the Turner's Cross, and they got right behind us and they could see what we were trying to do. But it's but when you have that and when the city is behind you, mm. um, I think you're always onto something special. Probably surprised a few people, Colin, this year as well because in all the season previews, um, I'm not sure anyone had predicted Cork City. Well, especially the national media predicted Cork City to win the first division. They expected you to be in contention for the playoffs. So um, you're kind of a, a little bit of a surprise package on the national front. But I don't think here locally, I don't think that it was surprised that Cork City went on to win the first division. Um. Yeah, you know, at the start of the year, people were saying that. Yeah, but I knew the players that we brought in and the players that we had. Uh, from the um, the previous year, I always thought that we would go close. Um, we brought in some very uh, very good players, um, and uh, with the young lads, young lads kicked on again from the first season. Um, so with the players that we had, and when we were going through the squad, we were very strong in all areas. And if we, if we did get the injuries, that we we would cover, we'd be covered in certain areas, and we would we'd have a strong squad, and we did that. And I'd always. <laughs> it's grand to say it. No, it's always in the back of my head. I always think that we will go close, but it's um, as we started. You know, you could see the quality of the team, and you know, we just got stronger and stronger. And it's it's 
for me, it's it's, it's credit to, to the players. They bought into what we wanted to do and, and they just took it to the next level and they were fantastic. You're pushed all the way by Galway United and I suppose that was a massive factor as well. And it was such a close race between the two of you all season and that must be motivating knowing that Galway were just breathing down your necks all the time. Yeah, no, it was, and you know, and, and the games that we played in, they were, they were interesting. There was red cards, there was Everton in them, but it's um, it was good. We were pushed, um, we were pushed by them. Listen, they're um, they're a very good side. Um, listen, as I said, Water, Waterford came strong probably in the second half of the season, uh, but it's good to have that. You know, it's um, really went to the end, and you know, it's um, it was it was always it was always good. You know, so good quality teams in, in the first division. Um, listen glad that we got out of it but uh, yeah we were pushed right to the end we were yeah exactly what moment in the season Colin um, did you think to yourself right we have a chance of winning this this league here was it as simple as saying that the first game when you win 6-0 up in Bray or was there another moment later in the season where you think right we're in a shot here no I think I think you know when we got when we got you know the players that we wanted um, and I always, t- I often thought, right, okay, we have a chance here. Obviously, without saying it to everybody, but I think we have a chance here. You know, if we if we do things right, um, I think you know when we went we went up to Galway. I think the the game that we won one nil up there. Um, mm. I think there were two points in front of us or something like that um, to bring it back. And I think we had a little break after that, so that was a massive, massive win for us up there. Um, the Cove game when we won two one when Keats got uh, two goals down there we were losing one nil I think that was a massive massive victory for us um, and then obviously the Waterford game when obviously Keats Keats yeah, uh, Morphin Keats Keats got the winner then and it probably was the last kick of the game mm-hmm. I think uh, Galway dropped points uh, that night against Cove I think as well so um, when I think after those that that game the Waterford you're thinking yes we're getting close. But we still we still had to <laughs> go go and win games, um, so um, it put us in a, in a strong position. It put us in a strong yeah. position, but it's um, there was twists and turns <laughs> after those games as well. So it was, um, but it was it was it was it was, yeah. it was great to get it done. Obviously, Denise and uh, uh, Turner's cross in the Wexford game, so it was uh, it was brilliant. Um, speaking of twists and turns, one of them arrived very early on in the season when Dylan McGlade picked up an injury uh, against Galway. He'd scored a hat trick against Bray Wanderers, and was something I suppose of a talisman. I suppose going into the start of the season, and then to lose him so early must have been a massive blow. And you must be thinking to yourself, "Oh, feck, what's going on here?" Yeah, do you know? Listen, he he, he did very well. He got a great hat trick against Bray. Um, do you know he's um, and he and he he, um, he he had that injury against Galway. And, and and we brought in James Dune as well, and James had a few injuries through the season as well. So we kind of lost those those wide attacking players, and we probably changed the system. And um, we had we had extra defenders, and we went to the to three five two, and you know we we changed the system to the players that we had, and we did that. But listen, Dylan got himself back. Um, good professional got himself back, mm. and you know he's played his part. in you know when he came back in towards the end of the season. Um, you mentioned that game against Wexford last game of the season huge crowd with Turner's Cross um, massive celebration um, of the club getting back into the Premier Division it was a very very special night Colin um, for us as Cork City fans and for everyone in the ground what was it like for you uh, as a manager I suppose finally getting over the line and just getting that trophy in your hands no, listen, I was, you know what I was delighted for everybody I was um, you know um you know we're all fans of the club like we are and you know it's we, we need Cork to be back you know back in the Premier League and we need to you know we all want the best for Cork City you know it's um, the players have been fantastic and um, it was a special night um, 
that night you know when we won it and all the hard work that you do over probably the last two years and you know getting the right players in and all the hard work and it's you know special nights and you know and, and you know it's uh and, it, and it's great it's 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 great for it's great for the city that you know the club and you see the celebrations afterwards everybody's on the pitch and congratulating the players and mm. all the coaching staff and I think that's what it's about I think the, the club I thought we were all in it together you know the fans the players the staff everybody and um, it was it was a special night and um, you know good memories I'd imagine Colin you didn't have much time off so you were straight back into our planning for next year already like almost straight after that were you? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, obviously, about a few days, had a few days off and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but it's I think in football, um, you're always working. Really, <laughs> you know, you're you're always on the go, and um, I I think I think that has to be the way anyway. You know, I don't think there's too much time off in football. You either speaking with players or you're speaking with your coaching staff on improvements on what you want to do next year. And um, yeah, I think it never stops. You always want to get better and keep improving and. That's, listen, I'm I'm privileged to be the Cork City yeah. manager. I am, and you know, it's, when I go to work, I'd like to give. I think I give everything. I give everything because, listen, at the end of the day, this is my job, and you know, I want, you know, I want to do things properly. Um, so, um, yeah, as I said, when I'm in here, I give everything I can, and all my coaching staff and the players, and I think um, I think you've seen that last year. And do you enjoy it, Colin, or is it only at the end of the season you can sit back and reflect and say, like, you know, that was a great season, or is it just in the moment? A lot of ups, a lot of ups and downs. Do you know, <laughs> some days when you get beaten, it's not, it's not a good weekend. But it's uh, that's football. That's football is ups and downs, and do you know, it's um, do you know, even when we got beaten against Galway up there, against uh, do you know, when we got beaten two one, when we were winning one nil, um, and the. Uh, uh, they brought it back to seven points and it was like <laughs> probably didn't talk to anybody for the weekend <laughs> it's just it is but it's it's and it is that's football for you do you know it's um, good days good days yeah. and bad days but listen I'm, I'm used to that anyway well obviously you certainly enjoy because you signed a new contract for next season um, that was announced last week which is uh, great news obviously so you must be looking forward to next year's campaign yes yes we are you know you know and um, we're working hard at the moment you know uh um, speaking to players and you know putting plans in place for next year. Um, yeah, listen, I'm, I'm delighted, delighted to be to be here again. Um, I've signed a, a two-year contract, so I'd like to build on what we're trying to do. You know, and you know, in the last two seasons, and if we can keep getting better and better, um, that's what we want to do, um, and hopefully that we can do that. So, yeah, we're working hard in the background at the moment. You know, so and uh, hopefully, you know, that we can have a go and uh, have a good season next year. The ownership of the club, Colin, has been back in the press recently enough. Um, I mean, like, does that affect you as a manager and your preparations? Does it affect the players when they're, they're reading that in the media? I don't. I don't know. To be honest, uh, does it affect the players and all that kind of stuff? Uh, and myself, it's not. Listen, I'm just. You know, I, I run the run the football team. You know, and whilst you know the lads doing the background, they they, they do that. Like you know, so. Um, yeah, it's like you see other clubs. You see other clubs where you like the likes of Derry. You seen them winning yesterday, and you like the Rovers, and they've got all these investors. They're yeah. pumping money into the teams, and I mean, I think, I think that's what we need. I think Cork City. That's what that's what they need. You know, um, and it is. There's so much potential at this club. You look at our academy. You look at all the players that come through. All the internationals. Um, you know, we sell players, and you see the crowds. What we have, six, seven thousand. What we have, and 
yeah, I just think it's this is this club is it's a massive opportunity that you know that you, we want to build and you want to see those European nights and turners cross and uh, listen. I know there's a lot of work to be done to get to there, but yes, uh, I know. Listen, the club are walking away on investment, as they say, and all that kind of stuff. Like, but it's um, I think it's certainly needed. You know, it's certainly needed in in football clubs. And with that mind, Colin, I suppose the target for next season is is, is it as simple as staying in the Premier Division? I think the target is just just keep improving, Rory. That's it. Listen, yes, we want to stay there. Yes, and just keep improving. And you know, we'll speak to the players over the next few weeks, and you know, we'll, we'll hopefully that we can bring in the, some new players to, to to freshen up the squad. And uh, yes, we we want to stay in the Premier. We always want to be in the Premier League, but we just want to keep improving on what we've done last year. And just speaking on the squad as well, Colin. I mean, look, would you be hopeful? I mean, I mean like, no players will obviously move on, but would you be hopeful of retaining the bulk of your squad for next season? As I said, Rory, we're speaking to him at the moment, and um, we're speaking to him at the moment, and you know, so uh, we will be um, hopefully bringing in uh, new players. But um, it's early days yet, to be honest. So I can't really give you too much information <laughs> on that one. Sorry. <laughs> Looking for the exclusive here, Carl. Come on, by will I? No, I know. I knew you were going. I was just trying to play smart in it. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, thanks, buddy. Congratulations on a, a tremendous season, and looking forward to next year already. All right, listen, thanks very much, Rory. Thank you. Yeah, really good to talk to Cork City boss Colin Healy, just looking back on the season that they had and um, looking ahead to next year. Obviously, as I mentioned, that was recorded before Thursday's news about the potential takeover by Dermot Usher, so we'll have more on that uh, next week. But uh, interesting comments from Colin just about uh, the club uh, needing investment uh, uh, and uh, to, to, to compete, I suppose, in the, the, the Premier Division next season. So, look... Um, we'll have more on that takeover on next weekend's show next on the Big Red Bench time we're talking to Kinsale golfer John Murphy about getting his tour card for the DP World Tour The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Rory here with you on till 7 we're going to be talking athletics a little bit later on in the show but a huge congratulations uh, to Darren McElhenney today uh, a superb run to win his first national senior cross country title in Donegal today the Glengarth man uh, finishing in a time of 29.59 incredible stuff from Darren McElhenney and we will be speaking to him on next week's show all going well uh, more athletics to come in a bit we're going to be talking to Watergrass Hill AC about their four mile race that's happening next Sunday but we're going to talk golf now and uh, John Murphy the Kinsale man getting his uh, DP World Tour card um, uh, after coming to Q School last Wednesday last thir- Wednesday or Thursday um, superb stuff from John Murphy and uh, uh, a ridiculous final round six on the par bogey free to get him inside the top 25 it was brilliant stuff from John Murphy I got a chance to give him a call uh, and to talk to him about it very much for joining us. Tell us, um, you must be on the crest of a wave these last few days. Has the achievement um, set in yet? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. It's yeah, it is surreal. Um, you know, growing up, just hitting <laughs> hitting the plastic ball out in my backyard and pretending I was playing and on the DP World Tour um, or the European Tours. It was at the time. You know, it was just yeah. It's it's a bit mad to think that I've actually got to um, where I've dreamt of playing my whole life. So. Uh, yeah, here's hoping it only gets better. Yeah, certainly. So, um, talk to us about, um, I suppose the the last couple of days in Spain. Um, you were going into, I suppose, the last round knowing you had to put up a score. Um, was did that pressure? Did that pressure obviously motivated you, John. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose. <sighs> Yeah, like it, it was an it was a nice position in one sense because if you were kind of on the cut line or ahead of the cut line, you're really trying to hold on. 
Uh, but yeah, I just kind of went out with the mindset of I, I really had nothing to lose. Uh, and then, you know, the, the more the round progressed, the more I realised I probably did have did have something to lose. So uh, certainly it was a nervy last few holes. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was just such a relief to. I, I think the worst bit of it was actually the hour after I finished because I had to wait so long to see if there were people going to jump me or or <laughs> whatnot. So um, yeah, I think that was certainly the worst bit of it because when I'm on the course, at least I feel like I can control, yeah. you know, where I am on the leaderboard. But when you have no control over it, it gets worse, and you're just refreshing the leaderboard. So were you just literally just yeah refreshing the leaderboard, sitting there going pacing up and down, going come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, yeah, literally, yeah. Um, yeah, I was just, you know, my my phone was obviously uh, just because of the the last round. It was it was hopping, you know, I had hundreds of texts and and all that coming in. So uh, I was trying to to just stay away from that side of things. I just called my mother. Called, uh, I think I yeah, I just called a few people that I'd be close to just try to try to keep my mind off things for a while. Because um, I was actually sitting at the back of the 18th green watching the groups come in, so I could see exactly what was happening. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, it was certainly uh, certainly a strange hour or so. But yeah, as I said, such a relief to get it to get it done. Just rewind a little bit, John, and look at round five, um, double bogey, um, bogey in the last four holes, um, and to finish with a birdie. I suppose uh, kind of really must have improved your mindset a bit. But what's going through your mind those the, the, with on, on fifteen and seventeen when you drop those shots? Are you thinking to yourself, "Feck it, my chance has gone here," or does that motivate you again going down eighteen? Um, honestly, yeah, I, I think the double bogey got me my tour card. I know that sounds ridiculous, but um, on, yeah, it was the fifth round that had already been a tough week, and it was a bit of a, a mental slog. And I got to 15, and I actually had two balls in the water, and I, yeah, it was probably the best double bogey I've ever made. I, I got up and down from about 150 yards for uh, for double bogey, and um, I think myself and my caddy both agreed with the fact that that was the that was the best double bogey I've ever made and probably will ever make and uh, kept me in the tournament because that could have easily been a, a 7 or an 8 and uh, all of a sudden then I'm out of the tournament so um, yeah I was actually surprisingly surprisingly happy walking off the back of that green <laughs> I can imagine so um, and yeah just to round it off at a birdie on 18 I mean like that sets you up nicely then heading into the last day yeah 100% because uh, you know obviously the difference between having to go out and shoot 6 under and having to shoot 7 under is pretty big Um that, that last day so it was nice to just kind of get that, that one extra stroke going into the last round and yeah put me in a good frame of mind going into um, Wednesday Having Gary Hurley there as well who's also gotten his card obviously and congratulations to him that must have been a big help were you bouncing off each other were you talking to each other and um, was he a help I suppose uh, in the last few days Yeah yeah we went for dinner the night before you know um, it, it was class really just walking off the back of the eating green I, I was going to hang around for him anyway because he was doing well all week so I was going to hang around for him uh, afterwards and watch him finish but um, being able to kind of share that feeling with him as opposed to just being happy for him was uh, certainly yeah it, it made it all the better but uh, yeah delighted for Gary you know he turned pro in, in 2015 and um, he's had plenty of ups and downs and uh, to see him kind of come back from, from where he got to and uh, get his way onto the DP World Tour is, is nice so um, yeah nice to have two extra Irish lads out there next year mm, yeah certainly will be uh, you mentioned your caddy there John who's on the bag for you? Shane O'Connell, Shane O'Connell, like a Kinsale man. Mm. Has he always been on the back for you? Or? Uh, yeah, so I turned pro last year and he's just started caddying for me since. So um, yeah, look, we grew up next to each other. We've been uh, best friends since since we were three years old. So uh, certainly, you know, nice to, to be able to share the good moments with him. And um, yeah, he, I suppose he's the only person that really sees, like, you know, I'm obviously going to post pictures of the... <laughs> 
the nice places we go to and the good <laughs> results, but not many people kind of see the the grind in between. And um, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of bad days associated with the game of golf. Unfortunately, that's just the nature yeah. of it. So uh, yeah, nice to have your friend with you in, in times like that as well. And obviously, great to have someone you you trust implicitly, like and uh, who's able to, I suppose, disagree with you and say no to you. And like when you have arguments, I suppose, of which club to use, I suppose, it is always a, a healthy discussion, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, like I think at the end of the at the end of the discussion, we always come to uh, a complete agreement. You know, if there's ever any bit of doubt, we just make sure to talk it through as much as we can. But um, yeah, I think he's got to know my game very well. I suppose as the year progressed, and uh, yeah, he was obviously a huge part last week. You know, not many people see the, the hard work that he that he puts in out walking the pins the night before with uh, or walking the greens the night before with the flashlight out to to check where the pin is and stuff like that. You know, I hit four hundred and eleven shots last week, and had I hit four hundred and twelve, I wouldn't have had my tour card. So um, that extra shot could have made. Or it could have easily been down to um, down to Shane, and he does everything he can to get that one percent for me. So yeah, grateful to have him on the bag. Yeah, um, talk to me. Um, what's the feeling like on down eighteen on day six, um, and what's that like? Um, it was yeah. So there's a scoreboard out the back left of the green, and I I wasn't looking at scores, but I had a glance over and I saw I saw a projected cut minus seventeen. So I was thinking, right, I was at minus seventeen, and I was. I was out of position the whole hole to be honest I was down the left off the tee and then I hit it onto the onto the right side of the green and I had 60 feet up and over a slope and mm. um, hit it up to 4 feet and yeah I mean look I was I was a bag of nerves you're obviously <laughs> going to be um, you know anybody that doesn't or it, yeah if a player says he doesn't feel those nerves he's lying because it's just you know it's natural but um, I trained I'd you know done a lot of work uh, mentally and physically to, to make sure that I'd be um, in the I suppose that I'd hold up well through six rounds and that uh, you know could come the end of the last round when you're tired just that you can you can still peak but um, yeah I suppose that that last putt was certainly nervy but uh, glad that I had trained for it <laughs> I can imagine so um, you're back in Cork I can imagine um, the reception you've gotten since you've been home has just been something else yeah yeah it's uh, yeah absolutely I mean I, I haven't even had a chance to, to look through uh, 99% of the messages on my phone um, so yeah just the I suppose the support that I've received from back home is incredible. You know, obviously, um, I'm a I'm a proud, a proud Corkman and proud Irishman. So it's just great to come home and to, to have so much support, so much support from back here. Um, and obviously, you know, my my family. It was incredible to to spend the night with them last night and celebrate because obviously they've they've made so many sacrifices for the better mm-hmm. of my golf. Um, yeah, like dating back to when I was when I was playing boys golf. You know, the the journeys that mum and dad would take me on and the uh, I suppose it's driving me up and down the country and there's you know there's just so much goes into getting me to to where I am and you know Wednesday was a great day but Wednesday was an accumulation I think of a lot of days and a lot of hard work by not just me but those around me so um, yeah very grateful to have the people around me that I do um, What's next? Are you able to relax enjoy the Christmas or what's the what's the story? Yeah so I'll play I'll play the next three weeks anyway down in South Africa the, the 2023 season starts uh, next week so I'll go down there Sunday I'll fly down Sunday um, and yeah I suppose play those three and then come back and I'll definitely give myself a bit of time off over Christmas three charges of batteries and there's still a few things that uh, I think need to be ironed out in the in the game so um, yeah just get working on that with my coach while I'm back home over winter Have you set any targets for next year or are you just going to see how it all pans up? Yeah, like as cliche as it sounds, you know, I, I've just made a very conscious effort this last couple of years just to make sure that I'm 
um, just being as present as I can, just mm-hmm. you know, try, trying to show up every single day, just trying trying to find ways to get better every day. And um, yeah, look, I think if I can if I can continue to do that, then uh, it'll hopefully leave me in a good place at the end of next year. So I, I don't, I, I'm not really one to say right. I want to finish here. I want to finish here. Uh, I think just making sure that I'm getting the most out of each and every day is what's most important for me right now sounds good to me buddy John congratulations man we're absolutely delighted for you it's a huge achievement um, you should be very proud congratulations and we're really looking forward to seeing you on uh, the GP World Tour legend thanks man really appreciate it that's John Murphy there Kinsale Golf for picking up his tour card last week and congratulations massive congratulations indeed to him now we're going to talk about Alex now and uh, next week is uh, the four mile Great Glenville Run which is hosted by Watergrass Hill AC a club of which I am uh, a proud member of course and uh, are the race happening next Sunday so the 27th of November uh, 11.30am and uh, 10% of the proceeds going uh, to Breast Cancer Ireland as well uh, for more on the race the history of it some uh, very famous winners uh, in past years actually I got a chance to speak to Watergrass Hill at Chairperson Colette O'Donoghue. All right, the Great Glenville Run is just a week away. A four-mile race happening in Glenville in North East Cork. Delighted to be joined by Watergrass Hill AC Chairperson Colette O'Donoghue. Colette, how are you? Not too bad. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for uh, for coming on. I suppose we should get the conflict of interest out of the way here first and say that, yeah, <laughs> I am the Watergrass Hill PRO interviewing the, uh, the Watergrass Hill Chairperson. So not sure that's ever happened before. Yeah, yeah, it'll be all good. <laughs> uh, Colette, tell me, um, the Great Glenville Run has been um, going for, for quite a number of years at this point. It's um, certainly a very well-established race on uh, the core calendar. Yeah, so like the club um, established in 2013 and I suppose we kind of wanted to to get a race going to to, to put the the club on the, on the map, I suppose. Mm. Suppose really. Um, so in 2014, um, we kind of came together with Glenville GA Club, and um, we decided that we would do a race. And um, we thought Glenville would be a good location for it because it would be that bit quieter and easier to manage. And we found a nice little route there. So um, it's yeah, it's been going since 2014. Um, obviously, bar a couple of years where where we had to put a halt to it. But um, yeah, no, it. it it's been very successful for us since since we've been going with it. Yeah, and obviously, as you mentioned there, COVID, I suppose, put everything to a halt for, for a couple of years. How have you found it um, coming back from that and, I suppose, um, getting the buzz around the race back um, when you had that two-year gap? Yeah, well, I suppose we were lucky enough in that it was actually only 2020 was the year that we couldn't hold it. And mm-hmm. then... Um, things started opening back up last year and we actually got to hold it um, last year in 2021. So like uh, of a lot of races that didn't get to go ahead, we did manage to go. So like people were were craving races last year. So there was a great buzz around it. Um, now I know this year there's... Uh, you're falling over yourselves at races this year, so numbers are are kind of harder to come by. But um, people still seem to recognise it as a race that they like doing. So, like people seem to come back to it year on year. So, hopefully, um, that'll keep our numbers healthy anyway for yeah. for this year around. Yeah, fingers crossed. We get onto the registration there in a bit. But um, talk to me a bit about the course, Claire. As you say, it's four miles uh, around Glenville. Um, it's nice and quiet. Yeah. There. So, yeah. So it starts at the, the bottom 
bottom of the village um, and it goes out the road as, um, heading towards kind of Cardinavar direction so I suppose just to to, <laughs> to put the cards on the table there is a little bit of a drag in the first mile um, <laughs> so like if you if you're conservative for first mile and take it easy there the rest of the course is actually lovely so you like the first mile is where the hard work is then you take a left um, down a little country road you take a left again out onto a kind of a busier road um, but it's it's really fast and flat there and then you take a left again and you come back in um, at the bottom of the village so like in general like it is a fair course um, I know it, it's it's tough at the start but it's actually it's a nice route like as, as courses go it's it's not the worst of them that's out there. Yeah, it's certainly isn't. Slightly hilly is how I'd describe it. It's very yeah, hilly, slightly. Yeah. Be grand. Undulating. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, you've had um, some famous winners of this race in the past, no more so than um, Cork Olympian Aoife Cook. Yeah, yeah. So Aoife came out to us in 2019 um, and she stomped home. She actually has the course record at the moment um, 21.43 um, I'd have written down here um, so that's her course record from 2019 and um, in 2018 we actually had Lizzie Lee out um, and she had the course record that year um, in terms of the men Alan O'Shea um, has been out to us um, a couple of years and he he has the course record there as well in the men's in 1939. Um, but the, there is always uh, healthy competition um, for the top three positions. So we, we would hope now that we'll have we'll have high calibre again this year turning up. Yeah. Fingers crossed, yeah. And um, it's um, for a very good cause as well this year, Clep, because 10% of the, the entries are going to, uh, to Breast Cancer Ireland. Yeah. Um, like we were kind of just in our committee meeting we were discussing ways of of I suppose getting interest garnered and that we just wanted to give something back as well like we would normally during the year we would pick a cause that we would do some form of a fundraising and then um, I suppose like the race in itself is fundraising for the club but mm-hmm. we also we just wanted to give back as well so um, it was just suggested that um, breast cancer awareness would be a good one because I know like people are are affected like directly or indirectly like nearly always some someone nearly always knows someone um, who's affected by it so we just thought that it'd be nice um, to to give back to, to a charity and that it was a good cause um, so then we kind of then we came with the idea that of our keep cup which we've had um, the previous couple of years so every entrant would get um, a reusable travel mug and that we would incorporate it into it this year. So the the text on the mug is all pink and the lids on, on the mug are pink just just to drive home the breast cancer awareness. So, um, yeah, so every, everyone who is turning up on the day is supporting a really good, worthwhile cause. Yeah, certainly our registrations are still open. Um, they're available on eventbrite.ie and you can get those um, details on the uh, Watergrass Hill AC Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as well. Claire, thanks very much for joining us on the Big Red Bench and uh, very best luck with the race next Sunday. Thanks, Rory. Thanks, Million.
Yeah, really looking forward to that race next Sunday, the great Glenville run taking place in Glenville, funny enough, next Sunday morning from half past 11. We are massively out of time. Uh, very, very quickly going to hear a little bit of uh, Billy Dennehy, Kerry FC launching uh, earlier in this week. They got their first division licence. Um, the Kerry FC sporting director is Billy Dennehy, of course, a man who played for uh, for Cork City. So Aidan was at Mount Hong Park in Tralee uh, for the press conference. Got a chance to speak to Billy Dennehy. Okay, I'm joined here um, in uh, in Montauk Park here in Chile by former Cork City player and now sporting director with uh, Kerry FC, uh, the League of Ireland's newest football club, Billy Dennehy. Billy, first of all, yesterday must have been an amazing day. Yeah, it was. Um, in look, it was obviously something that was, I suppose, deemed as unachievable for many, many years down here. You know, people often say there's so many obstacles that way it couldn't happen, but I think, you know, a group of people got together and... Um, you know, over two years ago now, and probably start to start to implement some of the steps that might be possible. And you know, it was um, a very long process, but I think the foundations were here in terms of the underage structure. So, you know, finalising it with that first team was um, you know something that everybody wanted to achieve. So, you know, yesterday until the confirmation came, we didn't know whether we were confirmed or not. You know, you're obviously putting everything in place and you're trying to prepare as best as you can, but you don't really know. So, once the confirmation came through from the FAI um, that we're accepted, you know, it was. Um, you know, uh, a very proud moment to see you know Kerry FC up there with the the clubs that are going to be participating in the league um, next year. Obviously, it was mentioned inside that six years ago, um, the the Kerry District League, District League was asked to add another seventeen team into the League of Ireland structure. Now, six years on, and I suppose the last year, how did the ball get rolling to get that senior team into the League of Ireland First Division? And who were the main people involved? Obviously, yourself as well. Yeah, I suppose like that when when the Kerry District League did take on that venture for just the under seventeen team, you know, six seven years ago, you know, there was obviously so much progression within the underage structures as it is, you know. So the the Kerry District League, I suppose, had had the option to go along with those structures or not, and you know, thankfully they did. They added the under nineteens, and then. You know they took they took the um, on the 14s and 15s as well when they had no platform. You know through their other league that was um, they were playing through at the time. So like the Kerry District League, to be fair, you know really kind of gave the foundation for all the younger underage teams. Um, but you know obviously the senior teams and the club that it was to be in the first division is there's a totally different process there. You know in terms of becoming a separate entity, a separate group, and you know not representative as a league, but you're a separate club. So there was a lot of that that, that had to be put in place. You know for for everything to work and you know thankfully the guys in the US obviously Stephen is a childhood friend of mine who works for Brian in the Boston Bulls and you know just through conversations that you know it really got started you know it wasn't really a plan that was approached by either part it was just through conversations and I think the, the, the guys guidance over in Boston with, with their club the Boston Bulls you know the way the structures they have they were able to implement some of that here so you know certainly guided us along the way and um, thankfully they've seen through on all the investment that was needed to upgrade the facility and, and you know thankfully we you know we got over the line yesterday like you said, I suppose you couldn't do anything until the licence came through and you mentioned how it is going to be an amateur club starting off and you will look to those underage teams who have performed in the League of Ireland over the, over the past couple of years to build that team. I suppose down the line, like, are you looking at bringing in players, signing players and moving to semi-pro um, in the future uh, and building that team in Kerry here, you know, a, a team of players that are going to play for more than maybe just a year like we see with a lot of clubs where there's a lot of players moving around yeah there is look there's obviously a strategic plan by the club you know to develop in phases throughout the course of the years those timelines obviously in sport can change you know through being progressive or not and you know nobody really has you know the foresight to see 
what is going to happen in the year three to five. But you know, certainly we will be looking to implement those, you know, semi pro and hopefully gradually onto pro down the line. But look, I think we've seen historically in League of Ireland where clubs come into the league and you know they kind of invest heavily, you know, to try and compete or try to you know reach too early and too soon, and you know it doesn't work out. But we're kind of going down the other road. You know, we know it's going to be harder and, and more difficult, but you know we're going down the road of trying to you know. Um, start off in an amateur base and if the players and, and you know representing the first team show that they're capable of more then they'll be rewarded that way but you know for starters you know we have to I think just come in and you know find our feet and, and build slowly You start the hunt for a manager now what type of a person are you looking for there are you looking for somebody local involved with Kerry Soccer that knows Kerry Soccer or are you looking at somebody who has League of Ireland experience someone that maybe you know your connections haven't been a League of Ireland player could, could maybe bring in yeah again it's a process it's kind of being you know you're sort of trying to plan without you know being able to speak too much to anybody because you're not fully confirmed until yesterday so it is a, it, it is obviously something that we're looking at in terms of it will be difficult to find the right person just in terms of you know budgeting and stuff like that it's going to be it is going to be difficult but you know look we're we have the steps in place kind of already with the you know, senior team with players coming in training and looking to come in so you know we've had the, we have the whole process started already um, you know with the group of players and you know the coaching staff that have been here over the years with the 17s and 19s you know transitioning to the, into the first team group already so there is a fantastic group of coaches involved in that group as of now but you know if the right person comes up you know that will you know take a bit of time for us to know if that would be it will happen so that process is ongoing we mentioned how you've obviously played in the League of Ireland you were a Cork City player which many of our listeners will remember you and you know what it's like to walk out in front of those big crowds I imagine that's what you you want to just create that for the next generation you, like you want like you said you're thinking about the guys that when when you were 10 years of age you were here in Montauk Park kicking a ball around the place they're the guys you're thinking of that's what you want to create for them I suppose for sure and look I think you know football or soccer whatever you call it down here you know there's always been a cap on it you know there's never been anybody to tell you that you can go and play for the Ireland first team you can go up to the Premier League there's never been that real belief for that person or that organisation to help you strive for that you know and many people have that dream you know but they just don't really have I suppose the belief that they can achieve it because they're from here you know so what we're trying to do now is break down those barriers for them you know and, and give them the platform and give them the opportunities to go out and play and then as always it's down to the players you know you have to go out and you have to perform and you know throughout the week you have to train hard you have to sacrifice you know you have to do all those things to you have to be at a high level in, in, in this sport and like look going back to my own experience with Cork City the fantastic time at Cork City great club you know, great memories there. Um, and, you know, it'll be a very, very proud day when, you know, hopefully Kerry are playing Cork in, you know, a competitive game in Turner's Cross. It'll be a fantastic occasion. And again, something that a lot of people dreamed about for many, many, many years. And look, thankfully now a group of people have come together and, you know, are going to make it happen. I suppose just to finish up, we're here in Montauk Park. Obviously, it's been mentioned how there are works to be done to it just to bring it up to a standard and even the pitch which I actually thought the pitch would have been maybe the one area that it would have been fine uh, luckily enough to have played junior soccer here myself it's a great facility like a serious pitch that was done up only a matter of four or five years ago um, here in Montauk Park we mentioned how the, 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 the stand is getting a bit of a renovation and what's the timeline on all of them and was that how involved were you I suppose in those works and getting getting that done and 
funding for that and, and I suppose overall the capacity you're going to be able to offer then come February when, when the league starts Yeah and I think again you know the licensing process you know it, it was obviously rigorous in terms of what was required but it was very good because it gave you a good indication of what you did need and the criteria you did need to hit so obviously the other guys Sean and Brian and Stephen and, and Jarlene they were kind of more involved in the after pitch side of things with the you know the organisation of the the work that needs to be done with the lights and the pitch and the stand and you know it's it's continuously ongoing I think at every ground in the country probably you know is always ongoing at their facilities and you know this will be the same you know there's a lot of I suppose milestones that we look to hit and, and I suppose there's a roadmap of work that we're looking to kind of implement over the next couple of years um, but I think the short term was obviously uh, meet the criteria for the licence you know and as you said that was you know the pitch and the lights and the stand and you know all the work that needs to be done but look there's a fantastic group of people really is you know um, behind the scenes and, and look the support from, from everybody locally has been fantastic since it's been announced and through the whole licensing process as well you know there's been great goodwill and support and you know again it's just providing that platform for the community and the young players to go and you know, maximise it for themselves, and and you know we'll be delighted. Um, you know, to see a lot of players represent Kerry and hopefully progress into the Ireland teams, as I said, and you know that'll be a very proud day for everyone involved in the club. Absolutely, well, Billy, from everyone in the bigger bench from Red FM, like we said, hopefully maybe we see a Cork City team here someday. The very best of luck with Kerry FC. Thanks very much, Shane. Appreciate your time. Thank you.